Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Today's poll question, just a brief note of introduction about it, and then we'll get to a special guest. Here's the way that I worded it. When creating art that represents specific cultural or ethnic groups, should artists, and I'm using that term broadly, should artists from those same groups be given preference? Cultural appropriation is the issue. There's a reason that I'm bringing it up. It's a story that's included in today's newsletter. It's posted at Swerkondish.com. Uh, it comes from the New York Times, and it's a latest, I guess I would say, of a string of cases that I see as being related. Uh, for example, we spoke recently here about Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, a song that many of us love now, loved when it came out in 1988. She did well with it, but not as well as Luke Combs going to the top in his cover version of the country charts in 2023 or Bradley Cooper recently portraying in a movie, Leonard Bernstein, the famed conductor wearing a prosthetic nose that some questioned others questioned whether Bradley Cooper should even have been cast in that role. Hollywood has, uh, adapted inclusion standards to address many of these circumstances, and they've raised an ever number of questions about the propriety of, say, straight actors playing gay characters. I think of Tom Hanks as having done a spectacular job, earned him an Academy Award for his portrayal of a gay man dying of AIDS in the 1993 film uh, Philadelphia. Hillary Swank won the Oscar for her performance as a transgender man, Brandon Tina, in the 1999 film Boys Don't Cry. Uh, Golda Meir being played by Helen Mirren, another one that's right now being debated. Uh, I could go on and on and on with people who have raised questions about these different casting decisions. Argo, 2012, Ben Affleck playing Tony Mendez, an American whose father was Mexican. Some criticized the casting choice. Mendez, by the way, on the record as him saying he doesn't think of himself as Hispanic and he didn't object to it. How about the world of fashion? Uh, as defined according to Dr. Benedetta Morsiani, a research fellow at the University of Westminster in London in the Department of Modern Languages, she says cultural appropriation is the act through which specificities of a given culture, such as symbols, artifacts, genres, rituals, or technologies, are used by members of a different culture. She used African fashion as an example of inspiration for designers like Jean-Paul Gaultier, Donna Karen and Dolce and Gabbana, but while their collections received worldwide attention, African designers did not receive the same spotlight, and some complained. Which brings me to the world of sculpture. 
this is Wesley Wofford. He's a sculpture, and he is profiled in the New York Times in the story that I've referenced. Wesley, thank you so much for being here. Hey there. Thank you for having me. So you're 51 years old, and you are a, a sculpture who has had amazing success. I'm curious to learn more about the journey to freedom. What is it? How did it begin? begin what inspired you? Yeah, so the Journey to Freedom was a commission from um, 2019 that I completed in 2019. Um, it was a private commission. Um, and uh, essentially when the images of that sculpture were released after it was um, installed, uh, they just that, that sculpture really resonated with the public in a way that, that really nothing else I had done um, did. Um, it kind of exploded on social media. People loved that sculpture and connected with that sculpture. Um, so, so my wife and studio director Odyssey and I decided that we wanted to do something with that. Like, how do we? It's an important uh, part of American history. It's um, obviously very relevant and, and has become more relevant since 2019. Um, so we created a traveling version of the, of the sculpture that is an artist proof. Um, and, and and you've toured. Yeah, I mean, that's, you've toured that's how, how many? Been, so with your sculpture of Harriet uh, Tubman, you've been to how many different cities? It's been in nine. It's in its nineteenth city currently. So you came to Philadelphia. January through March of 2022. This was in honor of Harriet Tubman's 200th birthday. By all accounts that I've read, everybody loves your work and loves the fact that you displayed it in the city of brotherly love. Fair? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Okay, or so most what? People. I think most right. People. So what happens thereafter? The city comes to you and they say, "Hey, we love it so much. We'd like to have one." Yes. Um, yeah, it got an enormously positive public response in in the city of Philadelphia and and every city um, that it goes to. That, that I think really speaks of of how her message resonates today and how you know our public spaces are very um, uneven in representation of these types of stories. Um, so yeah, so the city wanted to purchase that piece. Um, that piece, is, you know, is, is not allowed to be reproduced in any form for sale, um, really just, you know, due to my contract with my original commissioning client. Um, so the city uh, decided to commission me to create, create a work for the city based on the response, the public response. So a contract was then, what, being finalized? The price was set? You were going to duplicate, I guess, that which you had already created, which everybody loved, and then criticism arises. What was the nature of the criticism? Um, yeah, I wasn't going to duplicate it. We were essentially going to create something for the city of Philadelphia, specifically for the city of Philadelphia. Of Harriet um, Tubman. Yeah, I think the mayor's uh, of Harriet Tubman, um, okay. which is significant. I mean, it is the, the city that she fled to from Cambridge. It is the city that she was embraced by and found her free. Her first taste of freedom was Philadelphia. She spent many years in Philadelphia. Historically, Philadelphia is very important in her story. Um, she stayed there. She educated, educated James Alfred Bowley there, who was the first child that was the first group that she liberated out of Cambridge. 
Um, yes, Philadelphia is very significant in her story. So the fact that, you know, the city of Philadelphia does not already have a monument of her is significant. And the fact that they made the decision to, to now honor her in this way is, is, was a really big deal. So Wesley, still, so Wesley, what was the gist of the criticism? What was the primary focus of the criticism? Um, so, and, and first off, even the article that came out, so there was an enormous amount of positivity um, surrounding all of it. Uh, the selection that they were going to, to hire me, the selection of, uh, you know, the love of the sculpture that had been there. Um, so that, you know, I, I think with any, uh, being a public artist, there's always going to be criticism. And I think that, yeah, there's a point as an artist if you feel that the criticism is overwhelming or the backlash is overwhelming. I can't imagine an artist um, staying in the situation, like not listening to the will of the people and saying, obviously, I am not the correct artist. Um, the instance there was that there was overwhelming support um, from from the community at large, the black community, Harriet Tubman's descendants, uh, that the women who hired me at the city are both black women. Um, so it's, you know, yes, the elephant in the room is that I'm a, a white male, and what does that mean? Um, and I think that that is the important conversation to have. Um, but but more importantly, like as a white male, if if a black community comes to me and says, we want to utilize your skill set to tell our story, you know, is, is my response... Should it be, well, you know, I only sculpt white, white people or I mean, it's absurd, an absurd notion. Well, that's the issue I want to speak to, because it's it transcends the world of sculpture. It's it's in music. It's in television. It's in fashion. It's in film. And the broader question, as as I'm asking in the poll question that I've, I've designed for my program today is is one of, you know, where are the limits in all of this? This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. When creating art that represents specific cultural or ethnic groups, should artists from those same groups be given a preference? In your case, they ended up putting it out to bid. As I understand it from the New York Times coverage, there are five finalists. You chose not to participate in that competitive process. Each of the five are black. Yes. Um, yeah, and I mean, these are very sensitive and nuanced conversations. Like, I'm, I, I think it's very important for us to have these kind of conversations in a very balanced way. Um, Obviously, we you know we need to level the playing field uh, of both representation in our public art collections, um, from the representation side, from the artwork side, and the creator side. Um, and you know, call to artists is one way to do that to open the the field up to everyone. Um, but I think on a on a larger scale, our public collections need to consist of of uh, everyone, every artist, and so not just the call to artist process, but I think it all, they also should consist of existing works that are loved that can for direct purchase. They should consist of direct commissions of artists. Um, you know, every scenario is not the same, and and the call to artists is not appropriate for every specific scenario. Um, I think that this falls into one of those that you know our sculpture initiated the dialogue in Philadelphia that exposing the gap that there was, I mean, how many statues of Benjamin Franklin are in that city? Um, and a lot. Harriet Tubman is just as a significant historical figure and there's not a single statue of her, you know, so exposing that um, gap was important. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's nuanced, I think. No, and I respect the way that you framed it. I, I appreciate the fact that you said that there's a need to level the playing field. At the same time, we need to be inclusionary. And Wesley Wofford, given your talent, needs to be able to be at the table as well. I mean, the, the idea that that now you're shut out of the process when, you know, you didn't ask for any of this. This is just my perception from the sidelines. You designed this in 2017. You post the pictures. Everybody loves it. You you sculpt it. You go on the road. Philadelphia is so impressed that they say, we'd like to have something similar. They commission you to do it. And then all of a sudden, the conversation begins and the propriety of a white guy doing this sculpture gets called into question. That's problematic to me. And I appreciate as well you saying it needs to be handled in a balanced fashion, which is my desire. Right. And I think that that you know, that, that touches on a couple of things. So, so the, for me as a public artist, so, um, you know, I, I do, uh, public works all over the country. Um, like I, 
I am bringing, I am an empty vessel when I come into any project. Like I don't consider myself the voice. I consider myself the hammer or the megaphone or the funnel. And so if a black community hires me or any community hires me, I don't have a preconceived idea of what that community might want to say or convey with the sculpture. Um, and Philadelphia was no different. Uh, during the five months that we worked with the city on the project, um, they were doing um, polls with the, the public to get feedback about the, you know, the statue of mine that had been there and what they might want their statue to be like. Um, so for me, I just have a skill set that I happen to be able to push mud into the shape of a face that <laughs> that is evocative of others, um, that, that speaks, you know, speaks to everyone on an empathetic level. And, um, you know, the, the, the idea that, yes, I, I am white, but the black community was the people who hired me, who wanted to use my skill set to tell their story and, and, you know, I mean, again, we do. We have several projects going right now that are that are the same. Um, I guess that was my final question: whether this has touched off now the questioning of some of your other commissioned work. Yes, I mean, it is definitely you know, and and that traveling piece, having been in nineteen cities, um, the um, the elephant in the room is is my my gender and race. At least if I if I make an appearance or, or you know somehow that if they want me to come and speak or whatever, um, and it's always the elephant in the room, and usually it it evolves to a very um, growth conversation in in whatever city it's in. Um, it's always a question. It's a question that I invite to be asked. Um, it's a question that we have listened to literally hundreds of people's feedback on what does that mean and what is the purpose of art and artists. I mean, I see artists as we're, we're the empathy bridges. We're the connective tissue of society and that, that our job is to transcend all of these human-made divisions. Um, I, I don't think that art with guardrails is a good idea. I think that artists should be building those bridges that that others can use to find, you know, unification. I think that's our job. Um, and and for me, yes, it's 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 odd. Like it's it's an odd place to be in, being um, who I am, and and you know, growing up in a southern state. Um, to, to be this, this bridge or, or, or be in this position. But, but it's like, I think it's important and it's the skill set that I have. It's the way that I can make a difference in the world and, and, and contribute to, to this very important conversation. So here's my takeaway. By the way, thank you so much um, for your willingness to come on and discuss a, a touchy issue. I'm taking away that Wesley Wofford is a talented sculptor. I'm taking away that he's also a thoughtful individual, uh, eager to participate in an appropriate conversation about this very serious topic. But at the same time, I'm not sensing from you, this is a good thing, that you're angling here to be fodder for the cable news wars. You know, that you don't want to be the poster child <laughs> yeah. for, for somebody <laughs> launching a debate about so-called wokeness 
But by the same token, you feel obliged to like, we have to talk about this. And I, I see it exactly the yeah. same way. We cannot ignore it. It's an important issue because we, we can't close out of, of, of any uh, community of work people because of who they are and what they look like. That would be a huge mistake. Yes, I think that, you know, and it definitely I've, I've taken a hit. I mean, mostly in Philadelphia, it has been, um, you know, a lot of uh, negativity, uh, you know, thrown towards me and, and um, certainly is not what I want to happen. But at the same time, as I tell my wife, it's like, look, so, you know, we lost this commission. And of course, that's upsetting. But if if it opens the door to a lar- larger dialogue within society to have these conversations, then it was worth it. Um, and really, until this New York Times article, that opportunity hasn't really happened. It's been very sort of one-sided. I haven't really had a voice. And, and really, my voice has always been, look, I just want to talk about it. Like, right. you know, I, I understand it. that I am an anomaly and an unlikely, you know, an unlikely a person to be put in this position but i mean it's worth it's worth taking the hit because it's important thank you for your willingness to be here thank you for trusting me to help you tell your story i really appreciate it thank you very much for having me on it was an honor to be on I really that's wesley it. and i hope this thank stimulates you. A, a larger dialogue me too yeah me too thank you wesley wesley wofford ladies and gentlemen read the story it's posted at smirconish.com One paragraph from the story. The contract was being finalized when local artists and community members heard the news. Hundreds of people denounced the city for commissioning Wofford instead of opening a public process that would allow local artists, particularly those who are black, to submit their work. By the way, I think that's a a valid issue. Should it have been opened up? But, you know, the, the city loved the work that he had done. So I also understand why the city said, hey, we need to commission this guy to do that for us. Wofford, who grew up in a rural in rural Georgia, now lives in North Carolina, said that the critiques were mostly about his race and that he felt sidelined. Please react to this story and today's poll question. I think now you get it. When creating art that represents specific cultural or ethnic groups, should artists from those same groups be given preference and expand it beyond the world of sculpture to television to music to fashion to all of these things let's have the conversation this is the smirconish podcast from sirius xm hey the national sales event is on at your toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new suv like an adventure ready rav4 Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay, you get the issue. It transcends fashion and movies and music. It's it's cultural appropriation, or is it? I mean, I, I think it's a horrible outcome. Here's a guy who, who creates a work depicting Harriet Tubman. He travels around the country. What did he say? 19 American cities. People love it. He happens to be white. When he gets to Philadelphia, they, they say, this is so impressive. Can, can we please hire you to do something similar? And as they're as they're inking the deal, all of a sudden people say, wait a minute, this isn't right. And, you know, for twofold reasons, some said, well, why is he getting the work? Well, the answer is because we so loved it. We didn't have a public competition. But the real issue here, the looming issue, and I totally get it. Like my guest doesn't want to be he's not angling to go on Fox News. You can imagine how they would love this story on Fox News. He do, he's not looking for that, but he does want to initiate a dialogue, and I totally agree with him. It's not the right outcome. Sandy, you're in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Greetings. What are you thinking? Um, I have a very similar issue. Um, I do realist work, and I did a lot of indigenous um, um, people portraits, and just recently that community has um, decided that they feel the same way. They um, resent um, Caucasian people profiting off of the images of their people. So consequently, I pulled all of my prints, my last piece, I pulled it off the wall. And I know that they've did the same thing in Denver, Colorado. They had a big show and they pulled their indigenous portraits that were um, produced by uh, Caucasian artists. Help me understand. Do you sketch? Do you paint? What do you do? I do pencil work, but it's very, it's it's realism. Yeah. So how would they know? Well, I guess they would know because, you know, you sign it, you don't sign it. Hey, who's the artist? They want to know. And it's being, it's being held against you regardless of the quality of your work. Exactly. Exactly. And, and they have a legitimate right, and I respect their opinion, and I did pull my work. I did hmm. pull it off the wall. Okay, but wait a minute. I mean, I, I, on, on one hand, I kind of get it. We, we want to level the playing field, as my guest said. But on the other hand, what are you now supposed to do? Are you supposed to go do pencil work only of people who look like you? 
that that's <laughs> we had this conversation with other artists and, and we you know what do we do you know how do how do we um, cross this line or not cross this line and still do what we love to do apparently yeah. it, i wish you good conundrum <laughs> yeah it is it is a it is a conundrum sandy you're not alone wait until you hear the next call uh this is ron ron you're in hayesville north carolina and you too are an artist Yes, as a, uh, mostly an iron sculptor, outdoor okay. pieces. Uh, okay. I was commissioned by the Audubon Society to do a, a large piece that was installed in Atlanta. And I have no affiliation prior with the Audubon Society. They just found out about me and wanted me to do the work. I mean, this whole conversation is, should somebody who um, has the Audubon Society in their a state plan been given a priority or not, or even a choice. They didn't open this up to anybody else. They they found out about me. They wanted me, and that was it. It's just a fascinating question that I'm going to think about for a long time. Uh, what's right? But bottom line, whether it's actors, I I, I mean, actors have been. Uh, they need an Indian for a role, and was it Lon Chaney, I think, all of a sudden put color on his face and got the role. It's, I don't know. To be, to be, <laughs> I, to be clear, to, to be clear. came up, and I'm totally intrigued and fascinated by um, how, how to resolve it. So, Equal so listen. Field, not preferential. To, right, Equal Ron. Being, what are your talents? What are you bringing to the table? That's Ron, to I be clear, to be to be clear, your work in Atlanta has not been jeopardized. This has just made you think, hey, it's a, it's you know good for me that they didn't imply uh, apply some environmental standard and want to know what are my credentials in that regard apart from my skill set as a as an iron iron sculptor. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it, and I appreciate it. Good luck with that uh, with that work. I'm going to go look you up now. Now I'm curious to know what your work looks like. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.